Welcome to the Bible Unbound podcast, extraordinary passages of the scripture explored. Each episode will journey through the ages where ancient wisdom meets modern inquiry. Our focus? Remarkable stories, timeless parables, cryptic verses, things that have shaped cultures and ignited spiritual awakenings for thousands of years. Hello, I'm your host, Jim, and I invite you to join me as we unravel the deep and mysterious narratives that lie within the pages of the world's most revered text, the Bible. This podcast isn't about dogma, but discovery, dialogue, and the wonder of exploring the unsearchable depths of the scriptures. Join us on this journey as we unbind some of the Bible's deep secrets, extraordinary passages, and unravel mysteries that continue to shape our world. Welcome to the Bible Unbound Extraordinary Passages Explored. Greetings. Welcome to the Bible Unbound podcast, episode number three. I think we're going to just continue on in this discovery of these incredible prayers of the Apostle Paul in the book of Ephesians. Uh, The first prayer was uh, chapter 1. He's praying for their spiritual health, that they would be granted the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God and that the eyes of their heart would be illuminated. And then he prays that they might come to understand hope of their calling, uh, the riches of Christ's inheritance, and the power of God in many, many ways, as it was seen uh, through the resurrection of Christ and can be had in the lives of the believers. So Paul shifts his focus a little bit. It's still a very deep and intense prayer found in chapter 3 here, verses 14 through 19. But he also narrows his focus uh, to not a more general or uh, prevailing larger context of Christology or the reality of Christ, his person and work, but he narrows it down specifically to the love of Christ. Uh, He's got some explosive things to say about the love of Christ, which, um, you know, again, the the church uh, in America today knows nothing of this. They don't care about the, the deep things of Christ. Uh, church is, is, is not something that's mysterious and transcendent, as Christ is not mysterious and transcendent. The church has become in our day just a repository of uh, demonstrating my uh, primary self-interest and what I'm into or whether or not I'm progressive or gay or uh, how, how I embody the expression of my inner self. And this is an extremely, extremely tragic situation. And so the church at Ephesus was was mentioned in Revelation 2 as a church that has lost its first love. Uh, Could Paul have been addressing some early seeds of this corruption, similar to what we know today? Could could he have been uh, aware of kind of a breakage with spiritual wholeness. And so he prays 
in uh, chapter one. Uh, very detailed, uh, highly Christological prayer. Uh, likewise, he prays here in chapter three. Well, whatever the case, let's dive into verse 14 and you'll see how it kind of unfolds and how it just goes deeper and deeper, exploring uh, deeper regions of the uh, human psyche and the soul of the believers there in Ephesians. So uh, he says in verse 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Like I said, this is a prayer. Don't expect any commands, any ex exhortations, any imperatives in the next few verses. Uh, no, he's uh, simply expressing the content of his prayer. So he says in verse 15, he says, you know, my knees are bowed before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, comparative analysis with scripture, uh, you could easily go back to uh, Genesis chapter uh, two and, and you can see that uh, in Eden, Adam was given the task of naming the various classifications of the animal kingdom. Now, he was given that as a, an expression of authority. Uh, he was the image of God, unlike the animal kingdom. So he had this uniqueness, this differentness of quality. He was like in a priestly ruling class compared to the animals. So it was his authority to name the names and the classifications. That, that may have some bearing on Paul's thinking. We're not 100% sure. But it's interesting that Paul also uh, made reference to something very similar in Acts chapter 17 when he uh, was presenting his case before the Areopagus on Mars Hill. Those are the uh, Stoic and Epicurean philosophers. And in the midst of proclaiming Christ to them, he makes mention that uh, God made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place. Now that's God's authority. God's authority in ruling over the nations, in classifying the families and the bloodlines and your past and my past and your future and my future and your family history, your life history. It's all because God is the author of our families. And I think that's pretty much what Paul has in mind. But then he moves on to verse 16 and he says, and here's, he's beginning to get into the real content of his prayer. It says, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. This is the first element of his prayer that according to the riches of his glory. Now here's Paul using superlative language, a language that kind of just shoots the content right off the chart, off the radar screen. Uh, it doesn't really compute. It's so massive, it's so transcendent, it's so divine in, in, in the language code that Paul's 
using here. He says that according to not his glory, but according to the riches of his glory, according to the riches. What on earth are the riches of his glory? Well, I uh, don't think we'll know that until we actually enter into glory. And we'll see, as he says in Ephesians 2, that the ages will roll and God will demonstrate his love and kindness age after age after age in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 2, uh, verse 7. And I think that uh, it's just, you just have to bow before this language and rather than comprehend it, just apprehend that this is something incredible uh, beyond description. Paul's going deep. Well, hold on because he's going to go even deeper. He says that according to the riches of his glory, he, that God, may grant you. In other words, Paul's in prayer. This is the great circle of prayers found illustrated in the great chapter 8 picture of the circle of prayer, uh, chapter 8 of Revelation, where the prayer arises and ascends. It, it gets uh, uh, cleansed by the altar of incense and the work of Christ. And then it arises before God, and then the angel casts his censer upon the earth, and there are thunders and voices and earthquakes on the earth. That's all a picture of our prayers launching from the earth arising before the throne and being answered in response. Beautiful, beautiful picture of the circle of prayer, something that happens every time we bow our knees, come boldly before the throne. That's, according to the book of Revelation, chapter 8, kind of what it looks like. And so that's what Paul's conscious of. He's conscious that he's before God. He's conscious that he's pleading with God that these Ephesians Christians would be granted, granted what? To be strengthened with might, strengthened with power, through his spirit in your inner being. Similar to chapter one, when he prayed that they would be given the spirit of wisdom and apocalypsis or unveiling. Here, too, he employs the fact that it is the Spirit who strengthens us. And where does he strengthen us, Paul says, in the inner being. I want to focus on that idea of inner being for just a few moments. Now, this word is only used one other time. In the New Testament, the word inner being or inner man is used in, in Romans chapter Seven, where Paul's in the midst of his struggle. He's got this intensely personal dialogue talking about his failures, I, the things that I, I, I don't want to do, that I do, and his uh, shortcomings, that which I want to do, I do not do, oh wretched man that I am, etc., etc. So he's in the midst of that struggle. But in the midst of that struggle, he declares... And so I delight with the law of God in the inner man. Same word. See, the only other time it's used. So, I mean, Paul had a lot of words to describe the human complex structure 
He had a lot of words that he used elsewhere a lot. Uh, he used the word, the Greek word psuche, which means soul. Uh, he would use the Greek word uh, pneuma, which would mean spirit, or soma, which would mean body, or sarx, which means uh, flesh. He had all those at ready and handy employment, but he did not use them. He used this uh, unique phrase, inner being. And so as Paul does not speak about the area that we know as the subconscious, he doesn't speak about that much, but I kind of think that's what he's talking about. Why? Because he's asking for healing there. He's asking for a, a, a spiritual healing in a broken place. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, we are all broken to one degree or another, and our brokenness shines in a dark, dark, dark reserve. We can be broken in our conscious mind, in our emotions, spiritually, uh, our will. In a lot of ways, we can be defective and weak and broken. But that's not the inner man. Again, Paul had words for those. Uh, aspects of humanity. Here he's using a different word. And this different word probably implies this subterranean dark reserve called the subconscious. Now, this is a mystery. It's obviously very deep and it's obviously very dark. I mean, what is the subconscious after all? Well, it's a reserve for reserve or deep, dark, unaccessible place in the mystery of my humanity and in yours. It's where we stuff all kinds of things like hurts, like uh, abandonment issues, betrayal, fear, paranoia. All these things go down into that cavern, as well as good things, memories, childhood memories, happy days, Christmas mornings, they all get stuffed down in there. And out of that composite of resources, both good and bad, comes the structure of the inaccessible components or experiences of our lives. What do I mean by that? Well, think about a dream. What is a dream? A dream is an involuntary story that's portrayed in your mind of elements that are coupled together from the resources of the unseen realm of your subconscious. You did not create the storyline of your dream. Nobody else created the storyline of your dream. It didn't just miraculously appear out of raw nothingness. No, you you are able to identify individuals in your dreams. You're able to identify certain storylines and certain narratives, many narratives in your dreams. Where did all that come from? It came from the things that you've stuffed in the subterraneous conscious and uh, subconscious. And that's where we are so broken. That's why so often another involuntary expression of the subterraneous consciousness of the of the subconscious is in things like 
uh, outrage and lashing out, road rage, which you know it it, it brings into uh, a danger zone so many people on the roadway, or your your own personal uh, anger or angst that just leaps out at an otherwise you know small issue with wife or husband or child there are these triggers that that trigger deep angst that is the result of having broken things stuffed into our subconscious i believe that that's what paul's addressing here and he is saying that you all uh need to be strengthened uh, with power by god's spirit in that deep dark place that you have no access of only the spirit can access it you cannot and so i'm praying that god will do what god can do he can go to a place that you cannot you could read all the books you can go to the conferences the bible studies you cannot heal that which only god has access to in the inner being i believe that that's the uh target of Paul's prayer. Now he's going to bring the resources in to work effectual healing in that subconscious or that inner man. He's going to talk about the resources and the conquering resource, which is to perceive the love of Christ. But that's for uh, another episode. We're going to go ahead and close this thing down here. We've gone long enough and uh, we'll just uh, rejoice to... uh, be here again hopefully in a week and we'll pick up paul's uh, great ephesian prayer in uh, chapter 3 at verse 17 and i want to thank you for joining with me and i hope you have just a very blessed day bye bye